Yo, this is Pastor Tito, and welcome to the Revolutionary Podcast, where I'm here to help you find Jesus and follow him. study on the Lord's Prayer, and now we're going to get to the part that a lot of us like and a lot of us are, are uh, interested in, which is us, all right? Now we are going to, we've done the first half of the Lord's Prayer, now we're going to get into the second half of the Lord's Prayer, and the second half of the Lord's Prayer has a focus. It's about us. It's about our needs, and over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about our physical needs, our spiritual needs, our moral needs, but this is the part that everyone gets excited about, because why? It's your turn to ask for something, right? We've been talking about how the first three things, which maybe some of you guys grew up knowing since forever, right? Lord, may your name be honored as holy, Father in heaven. May your kingdom come, may your will be done, right? All of those are describing the things that God wants, and it's the things that we put there. But then there's that element of, all right, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us and deliver us. See, there, let me, I'm going to confess something to you guys, ready? I'm going to confess something to you. It's... Um, it's easy to pray for our needs, right? And that's not a shocker, right? It's very easy for us to pray about the things that we need. Anybody got an issue with that? No, right? When you need something, it's very easy to pray, God, I need this. Help me. I need this. It's very easy to do that. Very easy to do that. But at the same time, all right, it's also hard because if we just jump right into our needs, if we ignore the fact that Jesus said, hey, these three kind of intro prayers matter more than you think, and if you always just do a beeline straight for your needs, you actually make it harder for yourself. And in fact, you're kind of praying in reverse. You're praying backwards. Um, and I want you guys to understand that does God care about our needs? Yes, he does. I mean, this is a perfect example of it because Jesus says, pray like this. And at one point he says, pray, Lord, pray this way. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us and deliver us. That's our needs. And so God is literally giving you permission to pray about the things that you need, but you have to be careful because, see, look, I experienced this. I, even, look, I experienced this a lot. And because I was super hyper-focused in this study, man, I'm like, I'm failing at this right now. I started to realize this. You know, it's so, quick, it's so easy for me to go, all right, good morning, Lord. All right, Jesus, here's what I need. And then, oh, man, I just did it. I just did it. Now, is it, if you ever get this moment of, God, help me. Okay, you don't have to, oh, there's an emergency. Someone's breaking in my house. What do I, Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth and it is in heaven. Okay, help me. Okay, you know, look, look, there's certain times that when you need to pray, you don't have to run through the garden like that. You know, you don't have to go through all of those little things. But again, it's a habit. This is the habit of praying. Because, see, again, what we've been highlighting so far is it's easy for us to care and be concerned about our needs. It's notice how many of you have noticed how difficult it is. Like, wow, I'm actually not as concerned about God's needs and wants than I thought I was like, oh, my gosh. And see, this is super important, guys, for us to be able to balance where we've come from and now where we're going. Because those free those three things that we've been talking about, those prayers actually shape our perspective on what we need. See, if we just jump right into our needs, you're going to be praying things that you need, but they're really not what you need or want. And, and, and Jesus addressed those. Like, what do we do with all of these things? Well, 
When we get the order right, it's important. So the Lord's Prayer, guys, I want you to check this out before we go in. The Lord's Prayer actually reveals that our biggest need is to prioritize God's wants over our own. Okay? What Jesus has shown us so far in the Lord's Prayer is that we need to, we need to prioritize God's wants over our wants. Again, it's a relationship, guys. If you think about this, right? Here we have God saying, hey, here I am, the Lord of all things, creator of all. And if he gave us six things to pray about, have you not just paused for a second and been gracious and saying, wow, God has split it down the middle. He says, hey, here's three things that I care about, and here's three things that you care about. You know, God could totally have been God and say, listen, I want five out of the six. You get one, make it good. You know, he totally could have done that. But look at how great and humble and generous and loving and kind our God is that says, okay, here's kind of go half and half like that. That's super cool. But again, it speaks of that relationship. Again, imagine, guys, if how would a marriage be? How would your dating relationship be? How would, how would it be if you were your kids, right? How would a parent-kid relationship be if all you do is, if your only interaction with the other person is, what can you do for me right now, right? That's, that's how we treat God sometimes. Imagine a kid that just runs up and says, good morning, mom, and never, uh, good morning, dad, or hello, dad, after coming from work, whatever, never, uh, how was your day? But, hey, I need this, 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 this. Let me know when, you, let me know when you're good to go. All right, thanks, daddy-o, right? What kind of relationship is that? That's none. Imagine the parents, same thing. The parents come home and the parents don't ask anything about the kids. And the parents are like, did you clean your room? Did you pick this up? Did you do this? Did you do that? And this and whatever. And put away your dishes. And whatever you want to fill in the blanks there. What kind of relationship are the kids going to be like? Every time you talk to me, it's always, oh, man. Can't wait till I'm 18. I'm out of here. Right? And so, right? And you have that. Again, think of your marriage. How would your marriage be if, if, if you were concerned about what you cared about and you gave no space for the other? So guys, this relation with God is no different. God laid it out. Here's my concerns. Here's what I want. And I'm going to give you a place to, def- to be able to describe even your desires and needs as well. And so it's super important. This relationship matters, guys. And God wants us to pray for our needs. Literally, by saying it the way he's, he wants us to pray for our needs. We just need a better understanding of what those needs should be. You feel me on that one? And I, and I, I pray that today, by the end of the day, that the Holy Spirit may help you to see that when you pray for daily bread, all right, he's not just talking about you know, some, some, some Cuban toast with some butter, some cafe con leche, which is the best breakfast in mankind has ever created ever, all right? So I'm biased. Anyways, so let's get in on that, all right? Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, Luke 11, verse 3. Now, I'm going to put both on the screen so we can see them side by side, okay? Because they're a little different. The one in Matthew, if you see, everyone's looking. The word in Matthew is the one in the, in the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most detailed of the Lord's Prayer. The one in Luke is a little short. It's a little summary. And again, we've already seen this pattern. That I want you to look at this online. I hope you're looking at it too. There tends to be a variation between the two places that we have in the Lord's Prayer. Why? Because it's not so much, we don't need to get caught up in saying the perfect sequence of words, but it's, it's understanding the principles behind the petitions, but also it's about the heart. And so Jesus is the one doing this, so he didn't forget his own prayer. So Luke 11 says, give us each day our daily bread. And Matthew, he says, give us today our daily bread. Okay, so now you can come back screen, you guys can see me. So why the difference there? So the first thing we're seeing, guys, is when it comes to that daily bread stuff, this is something that's just not for today. In fact, it speaks of another way that verse is translated is, 
give us today the bread we need for tomorrow. So that's another way that that's been translated. Give us today what we need for tomorrow. And so let's look, as we look at this idea, you've probably said this prayer many times. You've probably, um, you've definitely heard it more than once. So let's now look and break down the three sections there between give us today and then our daily bread, the thing that he said to give us, ready? So the first one, let's just pause for the moment when Jesus says pray like this, when he says give us. This speaks of this principle that God, for those of you taking notes online or here, God is a gracious God. That's the first one. God is a gracious God. Gracious God, a giving God. I mean, first off, when you look at this, uh, this element of says give us, right? Already we ought to know in what demand, uh, what attitude should our heart be when we said, Lord, give us this. You know, not in this spratty, boiled, you know, spratty, um, I keep on blending those two words together, bratty, spoiled, um, word, uh, child, right? And so he says, hey, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. No, remember, the previous things we've said, Lord, Heavenly Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be honored, holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. So in what attitude should the give us be? Not, not something that he owes us this, right? But it's a humble request. This is a humble request to say, Lord, I need you. I need you. Give us this thing. And so now notice, why does Jesus say pray like this? He says, ask. You need to ask because we don't have. Guys, if, if, if we could find it any other way, if we could find this daily bread any other way, wouldn't have Jesus said so? He says, no, but the fact that he's saying, you need to go to God to, for this because this is the only place where you can find it. There's, there is something that, there is a kind of bread that you can find in Publix. That's for all the non-Florida people, all right? Publix is the taking over the world, man, all right? Best sandwiches in the world, all right? So, right, and so Publix, man. It's, this is bread that you can't find in a bakery, find in anywhere else. So you can't make at home for those of you that like to do that. There is a kind of bread that only comes from God. And, and so here, I want you guys to remember this and the fact that when we're asking, give us, it's because we don't have it. We can't find it. We can't manufacture it. We can't do those things. And not only are we supposed to ask because we don't have, but God invites us to ask because he wants to give. Can you just process again, this, who is this God? That he desires, he wants us. He wants to give this bread. But you kind of notice that he just, he can't force feed this to you. You got to ask. You hear this? There's this, this relationship. There's this, this invitation. God's not going to be like, you know, you know, like some parents, right? Remember, I, I remember we did the same thing. We're like, all right, here comes the airplane. Open wide. Here comes that daily bread. You know, and God's not going to be like that. Or he's not going to be like, you know, eat this or you're grounded. You know, he's not going to be one of those. He's not going to force or manipulate. But God wants us to be able to have that. He wants to give this to us. But how does this giving look like? How does this giving look like? Because God gives us it, but how does he give it? Now, there's, a, there's someone, uh, Vance Havner is a, a quote I'm going to read today. I've heard this said by different people, so I don't know who the original person is. But Vance Havner had this interesting um, quote, and we're going to put it on here. Say, look at this. God gives the birds God gives, uh, he feeds the birds, but he doesn't toss the worms into their nest. God feeds the birds, but he doesn't toss the worms into their nest. Why bring this up? Because a little bit after the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, God now, Jesus says, hey, pray in this way. And when he's done, he's like saying, listen, I need you to pray in this way. Don't worry. 
Like, don't worry about the little things in life. Don't worry. And then he actually talks about food. Don't worry about what, whether, you know, what you're going to eat today or, or don't worry about how, you know, how you're going to get dressed today. The, Jesus says God dresses the flowers and God feeds the birds. And if he feeds the birds, won't your heavenly father feed you? Won't your heavenly father, you know, help you take care of you? By the way, interesting enough, if you've, you know, so far we've been looking at Matthew 6 all year today. And from, be the, from beginning of the Lord's Prayer and to even after the Lord's Prayer, the word Father is mentioned like, like over half a dozen times. Because he wants us to remember, who are you asking? You're asking your Heavenly Father for something. What is this? And so, but again, like a good dad, he's not going to spoil you. All right, look at this. The, does, does, uh, how does God feed the birds? Well, he doesn't toss the worms into their nests. What do the what do birds have to do? That's what do birds have to do. You guys are smart. They got to do what? Right? They got to, huh? They got to, they got to get out. They got to fly. They got to, they got to go find it. They got to hunt for it. Right? They got to look for it. It's there. And so, so did God really feed them? How does he feed them? Well, God has created the world with so many things built inside of it. And nature depends on nature for its survival. And because God is a creator of all things, birds depend on God for their survival. You see what I'm saying? Because God is the one who made all things. And so that image is an interesting one, guys, because it involves, again, that participation of ours. There's that daily bread, and God has it, but we have to step out of the nest of our selfishness, step out of the nest of our you know, self-focus or whatever, and we got to go get. Now, we're going to talk about that daily bread in a minute, but look at these two verses. Let me read one to you. Second uh, Thessalonians 3.10 speaks a little bit to this same connection. Look at what Paul says to this church. In fact, when we were with you, Paul is saying, this is an apostle. He was going church to church. He was saying, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. Now, parents, hold on. Because, be careful because you can use that as a weapon really soon, really quickly. Like, oh, oh, you didn't do your homework? You didn't make your bed? Guess who's not eating today? Thus saith the Lord. Okay? And you can be one of those, right? Let's not be that for my, for my uh, Seinfeld friends. You know, no soup for you, right? If you like that show. But anyways, <laughs> for look, what is, what is Paul saying here? Again, notice, guys, that God is not going to do all of these things like for you. There is this element that Paul was specifically saying because he was a missionary and there was a team of his going to church to church. And, and I believe that the apostles, Peter and all of those had a similar work ethic in that they didn't just go place to place helping people saying, all right, hey, we helped you get saved. So uh, pay up, fork it out. You know, it's your eternal life. You know, can you put a price on eternal life? I don't know, but I, you know, we can come up with a number, right? So he was like saying, no, I don't want you guys to, de I don't want to, uh, to depend on you. If it's in our ability, we want to work hard to be able to provide for us. So we don't want to be, here's the word, a burden. And, and he said specifically, if you are not willing to work, that was the key word. Guys, we all know there's a lot of people unable to work, right? For a lot of different reasons. Maybe they can't work more because they don't have enough time or they don't have this. There's a lot of limitations. But this is not something, this is not a command for someone who's not able. This is a person who's willing. But if they're not willing, then what are they? They're lazy, right? Or, or they just feel entitled. They either can be lazy or entitled. Like, hey, you know, you owe me. You owe me. 
And so, no, 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 no. That's not what he's talking about here. But, I, and I feel like that, you know, not I feel. I mean, we see this connection between, again, how does God feed the birds? What does he give us? And he gives us the ability to work for those of you that have it. And what are you doing with what God has given you? There's another problem. Let me show you this one in Old Testament to show you that Old Testament and New uh, agree with each other. Here's just one example out of many. Proverbs 28, 19. The one who works with his land will have plenty of food, but whoever chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. Now, what does this mean? Now, what does this mean? Again, he's just talking about, look, is it guaranteed that if you work really hard, you're always going to have more than enough food and more than enough money in the bank? Is that what he's saying? No, this is not a promise like that. But we're just talking about common sense, right? Those that work hard, the, that's the greater chances that you're going to make more money. Y- y'all feel me on that? Versus someone who's not willing to work as hard or willing to advance and develop what they've been given. But here, someone who chases fantasies will have their fill of poverty. And so, you know, if they're chasing their fantasies, it's not anchored in reality. And so when we look at this give us, we got to, I want to, I bring those two verses up because I want to make sure you understand what you're asking for when you say give us this. Because when we're going to ask God to give us something, God's going to give us an opportunity to go out and get what he wants to give us. You see what I'm saying? So there's this thing there. There's, a, there's this engagement, this involvement that the Lord invites us into. He is not going to cater to us. I bring this up because when we say give us, the image we don't want is one of a butler. Right? My grandfather, <laughs> oh man. My grandfather, when uh, he had broke his hip at the very beginning, um, someone made the genius, genius decision to give that man a bell. Okay? A bell. Ding, 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 gave him a bell. And so he was just sitting in his bed because he's immobile. He can't move. He can't do stuff. So, Spanish for come over here, right? And so it was, he would ask for, okay, I need this, okay. And you would give it to him, then you would go away. I need this. And I was like, whatever. And I was like, oh, I just want to make sure you're still there. I don't know, whatever. And so, so a lot of times, we'll, our, tell, me, uh, tell me I'm lying. Uh, uh, we can do this. And that a lot of people, we treat our prayers, we go, we go straight, and we make a beeline for the bread. And it's, dear Jesus, ding, 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 ding. Um, I would like this, and I need this, and I need that, I need this, I need that, I need this. Okay, thank you. When you're done, you can go. Very much we do that. That's not the kind, that's not how God gives us this. Like we're just sitting there and he serves us. Even though does God serve us? Jesus says, I came not to be served, but to serve. But we now don't take that advantage and and now we're, okay, God, you're here to serve us? Cool, get ready to work. You better stretch. You better stretch because I got a list. No, no, no. When we ask to give, look at how God feeds the birds. We see the Old Testament, Solomon and Paul and the New there's this element of, all right, you want to come get it? You want to get what, you want to get what I, I want to give you? All right, there's a little bit of, there's some involvement in your side. There's, there's a little, little bit of an effort there. And so, and guys, again, I want you to understand something beautiful with this. When we say give us, remember why we can even pray give us. Because Jesus gave it all. That's why. We can, oh, we can desire to say, Lord, give us this thing that we need because Jesus gave it all to satisfy all in our truest needs of all. He gave it all. We were, the, we were like the birds, guys, who literally could not get out of our nest, like the little babies. Have you not seen the little baby birds? The mama bird has to go out or the dad bird has to go out, get the food, right? You've seen like penguins, they do that too. They go hunting and they come back and they regurgitate all the food for the babies inside because they can't. Uh, guys, that is us. That is us. We are unable to survive on our own, and we are there helpless and hopeless. Yet Christ 
left the throne to be able to die on the cross and obtain the victory over sin and death so that he can come to us and give us life. So remember when you're asking God to give you something, remember what he's already given you if you've already trusted in Christ. He has given us so much, so much. So that's the first one. We're looking at God gave us. And so what does Jesus say? Give us when? Give us today or each day, right? Or the, for tomorrow. Give us today. So this speaks of, look, that God is a trustworthy God. This is a trustworthy God. Notice it's in the moment right now. And that word today or each day is, again, notice that it's not just rooted in this 24-hour period. When he says pray in this way, he's not just focused on just this. There's, there's more to that. Give us each day. What does this mean? It's, it's you are learning and you're, you, when you say this and when you pray in this way, you are praying for your dependence. Lord, I need to trust in you. I need to trust in you every day. But why, is, why do I say that God is a trustworthy God? Because himself, he has declared in his word, has proven and shown that he is the same when, for some of us who know this, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we pray in this way, give us today, we never lose sight. And I've been doing this for a lot of different petitions. When you're praying for today, you want to make sure your today is rooted in a yesterday and in a tomorrow, right? It's a bigger picture there. And you are praying, a, Lord, I trust you today. I need you today. This is an important thing right now, not just someday now. Guys, listen, you and I need him more than I have time to explain, and, and listen, the English language, no language in the world can truly explain and help you to understand. Your mind cannot even comprehend how truly we need him every day to live dependent on our God. We can't comprehend that, and, but hey, we should try. At least that's where the trust comes in, because like, let's be real, guys. If you have to trust something or someone, do you have to know everything about that thing or someone in order to trust it? Yes or no? Right? To trust it. Do you have to know everything about a person to trust a person? Not everything. Do you need to trust everything about how things work in order to trust it? Know it to trust it? No. You just have to know enough, right? I know enough of you as an individual that I can trust you with my kids. I know, of, I know, you, know you enough to be able to trust you with this important thing or to trust you with that, right? I know you enough. But there's a, still an element of faith there, right? There's still an element of faith. And guys, I'm telling you, one of the craziest things, and, and I had to read this, this obnoxious book recently about the mind and about the brain and how the brain works, and it's not a Christian book, but you know what was the craziest sentence at the back end? It just, when it talked about science, this guy was just saying the quiet thing out loud. He like saying, listen, like when it comes to anything in, in the science realm, when we're looking at the mind, like we don't even understand our own brain. And this, this was a fat book like this, and it was so detailed, so rich, and it was not enough. Like, we do not even, we're just scratching the surface of what is our own brain. We don't even understand the own, the mind that we're using to understand the mind. Isn't that pretty crazy? Kind of trippy? Like, we don't even understand the mind that we have that is helping us to understand itself. But the thing is, is when it comes to that, he said the quiet thing out loud, like, in, in every field of science and in all fields of life, there is an element of faith that we all have to walk that's a non-Christian saying that. We all have to walk in an element of faith because we don't know all things. We're constantly learning new discoveries, this and that, you know? And so there's an element of faith that we all walk in. And so everybody, whether you are an atheist or not, we all have to 
we are all putting our trust in something. But Scripture says that if, if your trust is not in Christ, that's the most important thing, right? So tr that, that is a huge thing there. But So what's the opposite of trust? If you're not trusting in the Lord, you are worrying. That's why really quick after this prayer, Jesus says, don't worry about all these things. Don't worry about these details in your life, whether what are we going to eat or what are we going to do this and what are we going to do that. It robs you of your today. It robs you of your today. It robs you of, uh, that's a lot of wasted energy. Now, is, uh, you know, there is an element of worry that's healthy. Oh, you know, let's all process that. You know, just because you worry for a second doesn't mean you sin and now you got to repent, you know, for like 45 minutes, okay? When you worry about something, it's because you're concerned. But what Jesus is saying is don't be consumed about what you're concerned with. Don't be so consumed with it that all you're doing is worrying and you're not praying. Do you see what I'm saying there? Like when we worry, we should then remember, because why do we worry? This is going to be hard for maybe some of us to understand. Do you know that you and I worry and you and I are afraid when we fear and worry? It's because we are at that moment thinking and operating with a wrong view of God. Do you see how that's a sin too? But praise God that the blood of Jesus covers all of our sins. But listen, when you worry, at that moment you are saying, God, I don't trust you. That's what you do when you worry. When you're afraid, you're saying, God, I don't think you're going to come through. That's why fear rises up and worry rises up. And so what all Jesus is saying is when you see worry and fear and all of these emotions, anxiety, when you see all of these things pop up, okay, it's not a sin necessarily, but don't get caught in that vicious cycle. You don't want to get caught on that hamster wheel. We all know what that hamster wheel is like, right? It just, and I'm just worried all the time and worried and worried and scared and anxious. And then it just round and round we go. Get off the wheel and on your knees and pray. That's what he's trying to say. He's like, pray. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget I'm your father. I'm your father. Don't forget me. And so he makes that connection there. But again, here's this element of trust when it comes to today. Because what we're talking about, when, when Jesus says daily bread, we're talking about our physical needs. Guys, you, all, you and I all have physical needs, right? We all have physical needs. Uh, financial, health, emotion, mental, all these things. But I want you guys to just remember this really quick. There's a, there's a verse that I'm going to bring up in Daniel. I'm going to read it to you guys. And that um, it, it gives us a perspective of what do we do with these needs. Because what do we need for today? What do we need for today? What do we need for today and every day? It's a prayer of trust, right? But what happens? And this is before we get into the bread, I want to address this. What happens if God does not come through today the way we hoped he would? That's a good one. What happens? What do we do if God is not coming through today in the way that we would, we wished he could, we hoped he would, we need him to? Well, there's one great example. It's found in Daniel uh, chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6? Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Um, I want you to look at this, these individuals who kind of live this life with this prayer mentality. Uh, the Jewish people at this time, and this is hundreds of years before Jesus, the Jewish people had been conquered by Babylon. They had been conquered by a foreign nation. Why? Because they rejected the Lord. They didn't care about, they didn't go to him anymore. They didn't honor his name as holy. They didn't want his will. They didn't care about his word. They, they wanted to worship the other gods. They wanted to worship themselves. And so they collapsed morally. Um, uh, in all aspects, the nation collapsed. And then another nation came in and conquered them and took a lot of people as slaves. 
Now, here are our churches. We are many, we're two church campuses, but one church family. And our church, especially with our Spanish congregation, we got a lot of immigrants that are living in one country that that was not their original. And in this room, we have some. Probably online is the same thing as well. But I think the majority of us, or I think all of us, came here willingly. You know, none of us were scooped up and taken by another foreign nation, you know, foreign nation and brought here against our will. That's what happened to these people, these Jews. And Daniel is one of those. And he had three buddies, which their, their, their names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the ones that we tend to remember. Those are not their Hebrew names. It was given to them. And they were little kids. They were probably, like, I think Juan said, they were probably your age, maybe like 14, 15, you know, or so. Imagine, that was you, and you get scooped up, and they, they take you out. Eric, you too, around the same age, that was your age, and they take you out. And you go to another land, and now they're forcing you to work for this other king who conquered you and conquered your people. But these guys grew up in the faith, and they never lost sight of, they knew this was our fault. This was our people that we had turned from the Lord. He said this was going to happen, and we didn't take we didn't honor his name as holy. We didn't honor his word. And this happened to us. This is our fault. And they never lost sight of the loving kindness and trustworthiness of God, even in a dark time, as slaves. And then they grow up to be adults, and they're working. And they work for the said king. And the king one day sets up a statue. This is a quick story there. And he says, all right, guys, when I, when, when I, I play the music, and there's going to be some, there's going to be trumpets. When the beat drops, I need all y'all to drop to the floor, and I need you to worship the idol, which is me. All right? The second the beat drops, I need y'all to drop down and pray and worship me, or else you're going to get burned alive. And so there they brought out the whole government, all the people. There was this beautiful statue. The music starts playing. Everybody drops to their knees except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Immediately, they get scooped up, taken over, confronted to the king. I'm like saying, guys, come on now. What did I say? What did I say? What's going to happen to you if you didn't? Do you know that I can kill you right now? And here's what they said to him. They said, Nebuchadnezzar says, listen, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer for this question. We don't got to an answer to you. I know you are king. We don't got to an answer to you. Verse 17, he says this thing. If God... If, if the God we serve exists, look at the word if. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, even if he does not rescue us, we want you, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set. Listen to what that phrase is. When we say, give us today, when you're asking God to give you today what you need for today, there's an element of faith and trust there. Because what did these guys say? First off, they knew, they were speaking hypothetically. Look, if our God doesn't exist, if, they believed he did. But he says, listen, we believe that he can rescue us. We believe that he can save us from even you, king. You are not all powerful. You are not almighty. We believe that our God can rescue you. But even if he doesn't, we'll never turn our backs on him. We'll never bow down to you. If he deems it, so be it. I trust, we trust him. Do you see that prayer? That's called even if prayer, even if. And so I just, I want you to understand this. Listen, when you ask God, give us today, you, you are asking with an open hand. Because maybe the thing, what if God doesn't come through the way you think you, he would or you would hope he would? It's a prayer of trust when you say today, Lord, give me today what I need. And even if you don't, 
Help me to accept that that's what I needed today. That's a prayer. That's a prayer. Lord, give me what I need today. And even if you don't give me, do you understand that that is a need? God is saying, yeah, by not giving you something, that's what you need. And it's a tr it, that's a trust that, that, that involves, again, the, the trust that we have with God. Notice in Matthew, he says, when he says, hey, if you don't worry about like the birds and don't worry about the, God will give you these. He says this, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be taken care of. Everything else will be handled. But if you seek first the kingdom, what are the first three petitions of the Lord's prayer? May your name be honored as holy. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. And he says, if you pray with this understanding as an anchor to your heart, God will take care of the little things. When you put the main things first. Now, let's look at that last one there. Because he was very specific. Jesus said to pray specifically for what? Online, I want you to type it for memory's sake. Everybody say it. What did he say? He said to pray for what two things? Oh, my gosh. Try it again. He said to pray for what two things? He said, no, two things mean it's really one thing. I'm sorry, two words, one thing. Give us today our... Thank you. I was worried for a minute. I'm like, okay, I got to change this whole thing up. Let's, let's, let's start at Genesis 1-1. I don't know. I was like, John 3-16. Let's go there. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, cool. That was my fault. I said it poorly. Give us today daily bread. Now, notice that Jesus said specifically daily bread. Why daily bread or why this thing when he says this bread give us today our daily bread now this speaks of this last third principle that God is an empowering God God is an empowering God okay he's a gracious God he's a trustworthy God and he is an empowering God what do we mean about empowering well again think of what we're asking for in this case daily bread what is bread at its most basic level right bread is food and food is what to the human body? Fuel, right? That's what it is. Fuel, food is fuel. Food is fuel. Without food, without water, which is an interesting thing that Jesus would have said, why only say bread? Why not bread and water? Mm -hmm. so, you know, because maybe this, this can be physical, but maybe there's something else. Because if it was just physical things, may, you know, you can't get more basic than bread and water. I mean, if you think about it, guys, in every ancient civilization, there's a common staple food. And what is it? something that is bread-based, right? Whether if it's wheat-based or corn-based or something, right? Every civilization that has ever existed in humankind, human history, you have bread there. Why? Because bread made well is the perfect food, right? When you make bread really well, I know some of y'all gluten intolerant individuals, and so I'm sorry for you don't get the pleasure of understanding what that is anymore. I've had gluten-free bread. Oh, all right. It's the worst, okay? I feel you. I've been there, all right? But think about this. Bread, in its most natural state, it's, it's the best thing. Like good bread, because why? It has healthy fats, healthy carbs, healthy proteins. It has all of it. You know, bread is very important. It is a very important thing. And so, but also bread speaks of, again, the, the basic, you know, the bare necessities of life. For those of you that now are going to sing the Jungle Book song for the rest of the day, right? The bare necessities of life. When Jesus says, pray for daily bread. That's what we're praying for. He says, pray for daily bread. Notice he says, don't pray for cake. All right, what's cake? Do you need cake? You'd love cake. Cake would be nice, right? But guys, imagine if your whole diet was cake. If your whole diet was cake, how would your body, your mind, everything be, right? You'd be all over the place, right? 
Some of us are that way because we've like cake too much for too long, okay? And so, yeah, I still got some leftover cake there. I haven't, haven't shaved off there. Right? 39 years, almost 40 cakes and counting, all right? And so that's cake. But notice he says, don't pray for cake. Pray for what, guys? Say it again. Pray for what? Bread. Pray for bread, the most basic of things, the most elemental stuff. And so when we think of our needs, now here's your physical needs. Let me give you a parameter here. You know what Jesus is also saying is that when you want to pray for your physical needs, make sure you're, uh, you're focusing on the things that matter most, the most basic things. I think a lot of times we pray for bread, but we're really praying for cake. We're praying for all these things that we would love to have. It'd be nice to have. It's cool. And, and, and it's good to have it. Cake is good time to time, right? But he says pray for the things you need most, the basic things. <laughs> but basic is basic. Basic is basic. Basic isn't fun, right? Fundamentals, no, but it's most important. Now, I thought this was, I, I never saw this connection before because let me give you a little tip, guys. If you want to learn when God says something and there's a word, you want to learn a little bit more about what does this word mean and all this stuff, why don't you do a little search and say, all right, when was the first time this word ever pops up in the Bible? Now, it's kind of hard to tell when the first, the first time it was written. Some believe, some theologians believe the book of Job was written first. But uh, you know what? An interesting um, time in which the word bread was used, Genesis 1, um, verse, uh, Genesis 3, verse 19. Genesis 3, 19. This is right after the garden. All right? Adam and Eve have sinned. Adam and Eve have broken God's law. Literally all hell broke loose when they broke the commandment of God and ate from that thing. Now everything is all crazy. And God then judges Adam and says, Adam, what happened? And then, all right, oh, you're going to pass that off onto her? All right, Adam, I'll be right back. Eve, he just threw you under the bus. All right, fellas, don't do that. All right? And so literally God is like, you know, God threw Eve and God under the bus. The woman you gave me. Adam, blame God. Oh, man. And so, yikes. And so, bro, he, that's what should have happened at that moment. And so, the, the woman you gave me, God, she did this. I'm like, oh, really? All right, hold on. I'm going to talk to her real quick. Eve, the serpent. And I'm like, oh, really? All right, we're going to play this game. All right. And so then he goes to the serpent. He judges who committed the sin. Adam and Eve did. Adam and Eve committed the sin. Who was judged? The serpent. The serpent was judged. He, he goes to the serpent, and he says, I will. There will be her seed. There will be enmity between her seed and you, and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. Who got judged that day? The devil did. Not Adam and Eve was shown grace and love by God. But it's interesting, after he dealt with the devil, he comes back to Eve. All right, Eve, it's going to be a little harder now to have babies, just so you know, all right? Listen, it is what it is. You made your bed, now you got to sleep in it, all right? And so it's going to be a little bit tougher to have babies, by the way, and uh, you're going to want, you know, you and your, uh, uh, your, the relationship, the way you view men, it's going to be spicy, all right? Meaning you're going to want to dominate and you're going to want to take over the world, just so you know, you're going to want to dismiss his role and all that stuff, so you got to be cautious of those two things. All right, and you, Adam, the one who was in charge. Yeah, you still got work to do. Now your work is harder. And notice he actually, look at Genesis 3, 19, he says this. You will eat the bread by the sweat of your brow. You're going to eat bread. The first time bread was probably ever mentioned in human history was by God when he says, Adam, you are now going to eat bread from the sweat of your brow. Now, at that point, what have Adam and Eve eaten? Fruits and vegetables. That's all they've eaten that we know of. Here's the first now introduction of a new food. 
because now Adam and Eve aren't living in this perfect garden where everything is growing beautifully. They are now in a wilderness. They are now in a place where it's going to be harder to produce things. But now he says, hey, I've built into this world a thing called wheat and things like that. And so when God brings up bread, he's showing them. That's like some people actually believe this is where God introduces Adam to fire. You, gotta, you, you cook bread. And so God shows him, hey, you're going to go out into the wilderness. You're not going alone. I'm going to equip you for the journey. I'm going to equip you for the task. Let me show you something called fire. Let me show you how to make bread. And it's something now he has to make. But it was a gift. It was a gracious gift from God to sustain him and to sustain them in, into this new world. And guys, the same thing goes for us today. Adam and Eve needed bread in order to live in that chaotic world. <clears throat> you and I need bread in order to live in this chaotic world. And the bread of God is connected to the will of God. All right? The bread of God is connected to the will of God. Because when you're praying, Lord, I need this. 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 For what purpose? For what purpose? Look at how, man, God's, God's, the, the Lord's prayer, guys, is beautiful. May your name be honored as holy. How is his name honored as holy? When his kingdom comes into your life and you have this relationship with him. And if you have this relationship with him, then what's next? May your will be done. Lord, may now, may you change my heart and may, may I, I learn to surrender, submit to your will. Your, and then now, once, if we pray, may your will be done, what do we need for his will to be done? Give me daily bread so that I can do your will, so that I can advance your kingdom, so that I can all your name is holy. You see how these aren't random things. These aren't disconnected things. They're all together. Why should we pray for daily bread? Because without the bread of God, the sustenance from God, we cannot do the will of God, which we cannot advance the kingdom of God, which we then cannot honor his name as holy. It all goes together. So when you ask for bread, you are literally, guys, you are, what you're asking for is, God, give me what I need today to do what you need me to do today. What do I need today to, to do what you want me to do? All right, look at Philippians. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bounce on these two verses. Philippians 4.19. Uh, that's the wrong one. All right, look at Philippians 4.19 here. Philippians 4.19, Paul says, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the careful one here. Because here's needs again. But what is Paul talking about? You don't want to look at that and think, Oh, well, you know, I got some arthritis on my ankle. You know, my, my husband is driving me nuts. You know, my kids are a terror. You know, I, uh, you know, eggs. Did you see the price of eggs? I need a raise. You know, God, I need a lot of stuff. I need a lot of stuff. I need, maybe it can be even more serious, right? Hey, I'm, I'm you know, you have a, a disease or something else, or I need this. So God can get, supply all of your needs. Does it mean that he's going to give you everything you'll ever want? No. Because when you look at and you zoom out of that verse, he is talking about what do you need to live for the Lord as his faithful witness? What do you need to be able to live and do the will of God? And what is God's will for all of us? To know him and make him known. Don't overcomplicate it. It's what it is. And so he will supply all of what you need to do that. He will supply all of those needs. And let me give you one other one. You know another thing that we tend to ask for? Here's another version of bread. Look at James. James 1.5, it says, if you lack wisdom, ask. If you lack wisdom, ask God. Have, I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but did you know that? God is saying, ask for wisdom. That's connected to daily bread, by the way. Ask for wisdom, and he will give it to you because God wants to give. Why is he saying it's okay to ask? Because God wants to give. The daily bread that you and I are supposed to pray about 
is actually wisdom on how to do the will of God. It's wisdom. It might not be, you know, direction on do this, do that, move here, move now, like a GPS system. No, but it's enough wisdom to understand how to live in, the, in, in God's general will, to know him and to make him known. But hold on. See, a lot of times when we ask for, we, we, I quoted this verse a lot, a lot of times in this way. And I only thought, if I need wisdom, that means I got to make a big decision, right? I got to, I got to, you know, am I going to get married? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? Where am I going to go here? Am I going to go there? You know, big decisions. I need wisdom, God. I want to make a wise choice. Are we going to move? Are we not? Are we start a business? Sell the business, right? Go here, get a new job, take that promotion, stay where I'm at, study this, go here, go there, move. I don't know. And we look at it, it was like, okay, well, so do we need wisdom? Okay, that's good. But is that what Paul, James was talking about? No. Now, God can give us help on making those decisions. But again, another thing, guys, if you want to understand a word, how else was that word used? You know, James uses the word wisdom a lot of times in that letter. Let me show you the other one. This one's the game changer. James 3.13. James, look what James says. He says, if you need wisdom, ask. And then he goes in verse 13 and says this. Who among you is wise and understanding? Meaning, you think you have wisdom? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness of that comes from what, guys? Wisdom. What is the wisdom he's talking about? The wisdom on how to live in the spirit and living in the truth. Not, it's wisdom on how to follow Christ. Not, and then he keeps on going. But if you have bitterness, envy, selfishness, that's not from this world. He says even such wisdom does not come down from above. It is earthly. It is unspiritual. It is demonic. It is demonic. Meaning, the wisdom that he's asking for is not, Lord, what decision do I need to make here? No, it's like saying, remember, I talked about this a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago. Who do I need to become? Who do I need to be? The wisdom, guys, is on, Lord, what, give me wisdom on how to live for you. Give me wisdom on how to know you. Give me wisdom on how to make you, uh, make you known and let other people know who you are. That is the wisdom that is connected to the will of God. The wisdom that we ought to seek is the bread of life that connects us to the will of God so that the kingdom can advance so that his name is honored as holy. It's all connected. Okay, pastor, but I got to make a big decision. I need to know what do I do. Do I hire this person? Do I, do I grow my business or do I not? Do I wait? Do I make this investment? Do I do this? I need to, okay, yes, yes, yes. I know, I get it. Those are all good ones. But again, remember when Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God then all the other things will be added unto you. Meaning God wants to help you with those little things here and there. But we don't use God for our benefit and purposes. You see what I'm saying? We don't use him for our benefit and purposes. We want to make sure the Lord, in what I'm doing, I, you never lose sight of what matters most. You can build a great business. You can, you can build a big ministry. You can do a lot of great things in this earth, but everything will be tested one day. And whatever you did for the Lord, you'll be rewarded. And whatever you did for yourself, you wasted. You still get to go to heaven if you trust in Christ. But you see what I'm saying? Even you can do spiritual things. You can, I can build a big, massive church, but if I build it for my purpose and my desires and my this and my that, even though Jesus' name was honored, he did it despite me. And so, guys, I want you to understand what your bread is. You have a lot of needs, I know. I know you all have needs, a lot of serious needs. 
but I need you. And God needs you to understand those needs. He'll take care of those needs when you put first things first, when you think in this way, meaning don't live for yourself. Don't live for yourself. Don't come to God and saying, I need this, I need that, and it's self-centered. Don't live for yourself. It's not enough. It's not enough. There is nothing more beautiful and, and wonderful and exciting to live for the Lord. And you can live for the Lord in an exciting way and live a very mundane life to other people. I'm telling you. You, can, you know, on the outside, it doesn't have to look flashy. But when you have Christ, you have all that you need. And he'll take care of the other stuff again because he's a good father. So it's okay to pray for your physical needs, guys. But you need to understand that your physical needs are connected to spiritual truth. And you know who says that? Jesus. Let me give you one last one, and we're, we're about around third base. All right? If Jesus prayed, you, he told us, pray for daily bread. When else has Jesus even used the word bread before? There's two that we can think of. Uh, two off that I'm going to show you. One time Jesus stood up before everyone and said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And he who hungers and eats will never grow hungry again. Now, he's not talking about physical, though. What is he talking about? Spiritual. That there's this hunger inside of your soul that only Christ can satisfy. And one time, Jesus, he stood at the table. We're, uh, by the way, we're going to celebrate communion today as we wrap up. And Jesus took bread. And he said, this bread is my body, broken for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. And so when we pray for daily bread, I want you to understand you're not just praying for a thing. You're praying for a, a he. Part, it's him too. It's physical needs, but it's also this, you know, your physical needs, you can't disconnect from your spiritual needs. Um, Jesus actually also said this last one. When the devil was after him one time in the, and he was in the wilderness, Jesus quotes in Matthew 4, 4. Man must not live by bread alone. Meaning, we all need bread. We all need physical things to live. But now Jesus is saying, wait a minute. Man shall not live by only bread, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Jesus, quoting this in the wilderness, is quoting what Moses said while the people of Israel were in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, quotes this verse, Deuteronomy 8.3. When, when did Moses say this? It's because the people were in the wilderness. They were freed. They have now freedom now, but they're in this wilderness journey, and they need food to sustain themselves. We don't have this. We don't have that. We need bread. We need bread daily for, to live. And so God says, okay, you need bread. I'm going to take care of you. And there's this thing called manna. And so every day he said, listen, there's going to be some substance outside on the ground. Wake up every day. It's going to be brand new every day. And you're going to go, and, it's, and you're going to collect it. You're going to gather it. You're going to bring it inside. You're going to work it. You're going to cook it. You're going to shape it. And it's going to be bread for you to eat, enough for everyone. And so that's what manna was. And, so when, and that's what the quote was, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The, the people, they were dependent on this bread, right? They were dependent on this bread. And interesting enough, did the bread manifest in their living rooms? No. Just, just like did, the, did he toss the worms into the nest? No. It showed up on the ground outside, and they had to collect it. They had to work it. They had to gather it. They had to cook it. They had to shape it. at the mold it. They had to wait. Interesting. They had to do that little bit of an element there. God provided everything, but they had to participate. But you know what's interesting, guys, is that the bread is not what kept them alive. You know what kept the people alive throughout those 40 years? It was not the bread. It was God's word. Because God said, he said it. 
and it was their word. As long as they trusted in the Lord's word, there would be bread and they would eat. You know, as long as they trusted. And it wasn't the bread that kept them alive. It was the word of God. And so Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. And he actually said, I am the bread of heaven. I am manna. I am that manna that comes down. And so what do we do, guys? When we pray for that daily bread, you know what we're praying for? You know what I'm most, uh, let me show you where to find it, all right? Here it is. If you want daily manna, you know what manna is? Manna is that substance. You want to ask for daily bread? Here's a whole jar of materials right here. This is the only place you get daily bread. I'm going to say that real fast. The only place you get daily bread is right here. And that means, wait a minute, but that means I got to read it. I got to look. I got to think. I got to, all right, do you not see? I take my time a little bit to read verses with you to show you. Listen, guys, I, we're in the kitchen right now. I'm cooking. I don't know if y'all realize that. It's hot, isn't it? All right, I'm sweating because it's hot in the kitchen. I'm cooking right now. I'm not like any show. Like, you have, anybody like those cooking shows? They're not just cooking, but they're showing you what they're doing it, how they're doing it, all that stuff. That's all I've been doing all day today. And when I preach in that way, I'm showing you not just a verse, but how did I find it? Where did I get how do you cook so that way you in your home you can ask similar questions is there anything here what does that mean why so that you're not just eating just you know grain but you can learn how to cook it you can see how to be so that god's word can feed us this is the daily manna that we get it doesn't come from out here it comes from in here to here that is the daily manna that guys that you and i are supposed to how often do we have to go for it daily daily do you know what's crazy about manna God said, hey, there's going to be enough for everybody, but don't hoard it. You only get enough for what you and your family need for that day. Because he says, you know what happens? Because he knew it. Somebody would be like, you know what? Listen, if, if I get enough manna for today, I can take six days off and not do anything and have all the manna that I need just for me. And my family, I only have to work every day. And God said, no, if you do that, I'm going to make it spoil. And he forced it and it's spoiled. And because the thing, guys, is again, it's like same thing for us. Hey, you're, if you're here on a Sunday, you're here to get some manna today. You're here to get bread from God right out the oven. But you don't be like, right, I got enough for Sunday, so I can just wait till next. No, this is daily bread, not weekly bread. If it was weekly, he would have said weekly. This is week daily bread. You ever heard the phrase, uh, teach a man to fish? No, what is it? Give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish, live for a lifetime. I'm teaching y'all, teaching y'all how to make bread. That's what matters because this is what we have. We have all that we need here because of this. And, and again, not losing sight of what Jesus said. This bread, though, is physical, but it's, it's connected in the truth of God. And Christ himself was that bread broken for us so that we could have life. And so, guys, I want to, the application for today is when you pray, give us this day our daily bread, which I pray that you start praying now. And we're going to pray it right now. What does it mean to give us this day our daily bread? You are asking God, Lord, we need, you're recognizing this. You're recognizing that we need to trust God to meet our needs. Okay? God, I trust you to meet my needs. And, and, and you know what our biggest physical needs are? Right here. Our physical need, you, you guys do not understand, your physical needs are rooted in this spiritual truth. Do you know how many, a lot of, again, fear and anxiety, which are emotions that trigger physical things, you need daily bread. You need daily bread, the bread of life from God, every single day, weekly, and all that. But you need that daily bread all the time. That is what we need. And God has given us enough to sustain us, to save us and sustain us till, till the end. And so this prayer to say, give us this day our daily bread, is a prayer of trust. It is saying, Lord, I trust you to show me, to help me to know you and to live for you today and every day. I have all that I need in you. And so I love this quote from Spurgeon. 
where Spurgeon says, I have a great need for Christ. And yet I have a great Christ for my need. Guys, that bread of life is enough. That, that daily bread is divine bread that's enough. And what we, when we pray in this way, what you're praying for is this. To pray for daily bread in, in, involves trust. And think of the daily bread as, as a compass, all right? What does a compass point to? It always points north, unless it's working. This one's not working, but whatever, all right? It points to true north, right? A compass is meant to point to true north. So meaning, if I need to get from point A to point B, but there is an obstacle in front of me, right? There's an obstacle in front of me, but I know I have to head in that direction. If you have a compass and you know where north is, you could head east. And you can head east and still find your way back as long as you know where north is, right? So you can be, you can even go the opposite way, depending on what's in front of you. But as long as you know, as long as you know where north is, you can make decisions on how to move around this, how to approach that, how to act. Listen, that's what the truth of God does. The truth of God is true north. It's truth. It's him. And the truth of God can anchor your heart and your mind. When even if you got to make some decisions and you don't know what to do, but as long as you know the truth of God, you're able to maneuver around the rest. True north, guys, this is what it is. It's pointing to us. We need the truth of God to guide us mentally, emotionally, physically. We need this bread daily. And, I, and God, notice he says, everybody should pray. Give us. Notice that he says, hey, pastor, pray. Give us this bread so that you can disperse. I know that's kind of what's happening now, right? But, no, it's everybody pray. Give us this day. May we all grow in the understanding of the word. So guys, I, I, I've heard this phrase before and I love to say it. It's, um, I'm just like you. I'm a beggar just like you. I'm hungry just like you. I'm, I, any, any, learned, any things that I'm learning on how to make the bread, I'm just passing along to you because I'm just like you. I'm, we're all the same. We're all beggars. I just know where to find bread. All right? I know where to find bread, but I'm a beggar just like you. I need this as much as you. And so guys, we are all beggars. And God, our Heavenly Father, desires us to say, hey, pray for this and I will give you daily bread. I will show you through my word and I will, that, that word will transform you, fill you. It's all that you need. And so, guys, this is a prayer of trust. And the, the, one, the, the one way that you pray for daily bread is for your salvation. That you pray, Lord, save me of my sins. When Jesus says, I am that bread of life, maybe some of you are probably starving emotionally, physically, and you've tried everything, and it satisfies you for a minute, but the hunger is still there. It still lingers. It's not enough. It's because that hunger was meant to be only satisfied by Christ himself. I've been there. I've been there, and I thought I had trusted in God, but I just put, God was a side dish. He wasn't my main dish. God was a side dish. He was not the main. But when you make God the main, everything else is better. And so, guys, I want to challenge you. If you feel that way, listen, all you got to do to eat that bread, you just got to trust in the Lord, and he will forgive you of your sins. And there's going to be nothing sweeter than the bread of, that gives eternal life. But for everybody else, notice it's not just pray one day for daily bread so you can be saved. How often are we supposed to pray for this? Daily. Daily bread, because the same bread that can save you is the same bread that sustains you. The same bread, the same God who can save you is the same one who can sustain you physically, emotionally, mentally until the very end. Until one day, guys, there's going to be a banquet that's going to be laid out by Christ himself, and we're going to taste and see how good truly God is. If this manna was sweet in this world, I can imagine what, the, what it's going to look like on the other. But what we have is enough. Christ has given us enough. Are we willing to ask for what he
he's saying, ask for this and I will give it to you.